Drover Studios presents the classics in your ears. This week, The Mysterious Trapdoor, written and read by Victor Ian. It was upon a time when the years led with 18, and the transportation devices known as bicycles were rather than new sliced bread. My own was a rickety thing, held together primarily by Victorian Gorilla Tape and the hope that leaked from my very soul. That is, until the tape ripped. We clattered across the cobbles, my wheeled device and I, coming to an undignified stop before exactly where we desired. All the bells and whistles, bike-fixing shop, 50% off GoPro wind-up cameras, T's and C's apply. They promised a quick repair of just four days, but couldn't offer me a place to stay. Being far from my own dwelling, the hotel's names and signposts meant nothing to me, so I chose the cheap one. A stream of light cloud wound around the most beautifully white orb as they drifted through the sky like clouds across the moon. Come to think of it, that is exactly what they were. My hat bore the purest white reflections, making me look like a silly lighthouse in this endless dark street. Generic bell sounds escaped the generic bell that hung from the stereotypically creaky door of the massive cliché of a scary building. Hello, is this the nice cheap hotel that is set apart from its neighbours for no distinguishable reason? But I was met with no reply. You know, I can see you hiding behind that comically small desk. The owners of my temporary abode were odd but kind enough to let me stay in the building that I had paid to stay in. Mine was a small, dusty room that held something of an unhallowed atmosphere, and a slightly disturbing miasma that seemed to rise from Whatever you do, don't touch that trapdoor, okay? Don't open it, don't go near it, don't feed, I mean, don't um, feel it, okay? Sweet dreams. And with that, the man was gone. All through the following night, my mind was plagued with temptation and a deadly curiosity surrounding the mysterious trapdoor. I itched to know, I yearned to see. But the man had said no and my natural rule-abiding genetic structure let it lie. That morning I came downstairs to find a surprised woman in the downstairs room. She was shocked to find that I hadn't left for no reason conceivable by myself. The day passed with ease once I had discovered the engaging art of origami. It is a beautiful, delicate manipulation of paper that takes years of skilled practice to perfect. And the frogs are funny. Soon enough, nighttime took its place, and I found myself back in the room upstairs. There were only two rooms. Remember, the worst thing that you could do is open a trapdoor. You cannot even consider it. Why? None of your business. Now, good night. I was once again met with a barrage of temptation. The unknown had become so enticing. But my British dignity once again put such thoughts aside. Daytime again, and now both the man and the woman were waiting downstairs for me. They seemed terribly interested in my thoughts on the mysterious trapdoor, but I saw nothing wrong with my logic. I was told not to touch the trapdoor, so I didn't touch the trapdoor. 
unknown to myself at the time, the following night was to be my last. I was sleeping without trouble, my interest in the underfloor storage having dissipated. However, my slumberous spell was broken, with the growling voices ringing from the floorboards. I was, as you may say further westward, flabbergasted. Yes? I was hesitant, but there was no rule against talking to the trapdoor. There seemed to be some strange creatures down there, and they told me that they were hungry. We're hungry. But I didn't know what these beasts would eat, so I asked, What would you beasts eat? The man said not to open the trapdoor though, so I slept through the ethereal complaints. Morning at last, and the odd man and his odd wife were standing by my bed as I woke. They almost gave me a heart attack, the flippin' pair of them. Another round of suspicious questioning ensued, and I was becoming increasingly uncomfortable. And you didn't feed them? The man questioned with a strong whiff of interrogation. Of course not, since you insisted upon it. Okay, I've changed my mind. You can open the trapdoor. But as quickly as a fat man running to a KFC, all temptation within me dissipated completely. It is a curious thing what society and its conforms do to a person. In this case, however, it seems to have saved my life. You see, the odd man was really quite steaming by the point to which I have tediously described. So much so that to prove his point, he strode across the room and grasped the mysterious trapdoor's cold handle, his knuckles white as the whitest of moons, a moon such as the one that now shone its white shine upon his sweaty forehead, as some beast, some unnatural form, consumed him, gobbled him up completely. I thought nothing of it, and returned home on my now fixed bicycle. I was pleased to find that it had been improved somewhat after they'd added a metal shell, two more wheels, and an engine. So off I rode into a golden sunrise like the fictional character I am, pondering deep things, like how the moon had shone its shine upon the man's sweaty forehead two paragraphs ago, despite my having just woken up to a morning with a sunrise. And we all lived happily ever after, apart from the man who got eaten and his bereaving wife and the starving monsters and the bike shop that had to shut down due to lack of business. And me, because I died later that night after literally riding into the sunrise because I was actually Icarus all along. What a plot twist. Good night. The Mysterious Trapdoor was written and read by Victor Ian. Additional voices were provided by George and Elizabeth Ann. It was part of an audiobook collection called The Classics in Your Ears, produced by Jova Studios.
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this Victor Ian tale.